0: Growing up, Ted and Mabel lived next door, and I always liked Ted and Mabel. One of the things, you would, you would always see them together, right? Wherever Ted was, there was Mabel, and they always loved being outdoors, right? They'd be outside in the backyard and always get to see them, but every now and then, you know, you'd know, you kind of go, go back and forth with each other, you know, kind of barking at each other, um, but also Ted and Mabel, they just, they loved a good afternoon nap. And I know Ted and Mabel kind of sound like the elderly couple that lives next door, but it was actually the two pugs that lived next door. So Ted and Mabel were the dogs that lived next door. But uh, at one point, Ted and Mabel had a litter of puppies. So they had five or six puppies, and the, uh, the neighbors there that owned them had one of the most brilliant schemes I've ever seen. The bus stop was right in front of their house. And so the neighbors got a little pen and put all of these pug puppies out in the pen while we were waiting for the bus. And wouldn't you know, there's five or six puppies, and three, maybe four of them, were sold to the kids, at least the families, whose kids were there at the bus stop. So one day, you know, we get off the bus, the puppies are there, my brother, my younger brother, begins the plea with my parents, right? Can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? We've never, we never had a dog, but he was just all about getting this dog. And at one point, my younger brother says, if we could just get this dog, I will never ask for anything else. I won't want birthday present I won't ask for anything when we're at the store this is the only thing I will ever want That was not true But it worked We got the dog we had her for 17 years she's a great dog But this sense of like this is the only thing that I could possibly want and everything will be just fine right? every now and then we get that way in our own lives where it's just if I could just one thing would happen Maybe it's, you know, if, if your, your, your boyfriend would propose or maybe if you got the right job or if the house was just perfect, if this one thing would happen, everything would be all right. And we get a little sense of that in the gospel today. Right? Philip says to Jesus, he says, just show us the Father and that will be enough. If you just show us the Father, if we could just see God face to face, if we could just know the Father, everything else will be just fine. We we won't need anything else in life. And of course, that request is a little better than a puppy or a little better than anything else. But, But there's this sense of this being the deepest desire that Philip could ever want. He says, just show us the Father and that will be enough. And there's this sense throughout the entirety of the Old Testament of this, of this longing for God, and if we could just see God's face, that would be enough. That would be all we would ever need, and we'd be perfectly content and happy. Even you think of the story of Moses when he's up on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments. He says, Lord, let me see you face to face, but he can't see God face to face, so the the, Uh, God has to pass by, and he can only see God's backside as he passes passes by. And so just show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus responds by saying two interesting things. He says, Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father, which is revolutionary. Whoever's seen Jesus, whoever's looked upon him, has seen God the Father. Basically, he's fulfilling everything that Philip could ever want is right there in Jesus Christ. His desire to see God is present before him in Jesus. And we think about that. You know, Lord, if you would just do this for me, everything would be okay. If you would, whatever, whatever that is, if you would just let me know you're close to you. And Jesus' response to Philip is, I already have. Here I am. And maybe that's the answer that Jesus gives us in the Eucharist. Is we say, like, Jesus, I just want to know that you're close. I just want to know that you're nearby. And well, well, here he is. We can taste him. We can experience his closeness. So whoever has seen me has seen the Father, he says. But he says one additional thing. He says, have I been with you for so long a time, and you still don't know me? Think about what he doesn't say there, though. He doesn't say, have I been with you for so long a time, and you don't get it, and you don't understand, or you're slow to believe. He says, you don't know me. There's, you don't know him in a relationship, right? That implies some sort of relationship that Jesus wants to be known. He just doesn't want him to have faith. He just doesn't want him to get it, but he wants Philip to know him. It implies this relationship. And these two things go perfectly together. If you see somebody, you can be in a relationship with him. You think about all the people who you're in some sort of relationship with, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a significant other, whether it's a child, whether it's a coworker. When you think of that person, when you want to calm to mind, you think of their face. You think of their intera- their, what they look like. And even the fact that we have a face and we can look at each other implies a relationship. Because when you look at somebody in the face, you can see if they're excited. You can see if they're anxious. You can see if they're bored. You can see if they're interested. You can see if they're distracted and thinking about something else. A face implies a relationship. That you can see somebody face to face and they can see you. And you can, without even saying or hearing their voice, you can kind of know what's happening inside their head and inside their heart. It's amazing all the little things our faces do to show somebody else what we're thinking. And so our faces imply this relationship that we have with each other. So as Jesus says, Have I been with you for so long a time and you still don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. When we look at Jesus' face... We know Him. When we can see Him face to face, we get to know Him. We get to know what He's like. We get to be in a relationship, in a friendship with Him. And for, for all of us here at our, our four parishes, this is, I think, something important and fascinating for us to think about. Because, you know, in the winter, we went through this, this process of our, of our identity, of our name, of our, our grouping, and through prayer and discernment and discussion, settled upon the holy face of Jesus. So for us, I think part of our identity is to be people who are obsessed with the face of Jesus and a relationship with him. That part of seeing Jesus face to face is that we're in a relationship. And this is seemingly who God's calling us to be as people who seek the face of Jesus, who say with Philip, just show us the Father, just show us your face and that's all we'll ever want to be. All we ever want to do, Jesus, is be in this relationship with you. And one of the fascinating things for our four parishes is, didn't realize this until it happened, is all four of our parishes have an image of the face of Jesus on the veil of Veronica somewhere in the church. And here at St. Joseph, it's in the, in the vault right there, in the, uh, the front image on your left side in the vault, is this image of the face of Jesus. And this is ultimately all of our deepest desires, is to see God face to face. One of the most beautiful prayers of the church is the prayer that a priest gets to pray as he's commending somebody into eternity. As somebody's laying on their deathbed, there's a there's a particular prayer to commend the dying person into the Lord's hands. And the very last line of that prayer is it talks about, may the angels come to greet you, may you see the blessed Virgin Mary, may you experience the friendship of the saints, the very last line of that prayer is, may you see your Redeemer face to face and enjoy the vision of God forever. And as we send somebody forth into eternity with those words, asking that they may see God face to face, we get a glimpse of it here and now, in our own day and age, that we get to see Jesus face to face, whether it's in the Eucharist, whether it's in the love of our brothers and sisters in Christ, or it's in our imaginations of praying with Jesus in the Scriptures. The deepest desire of all of our hearts is that same one that Philip says, show us the Father, show us your face, and that's all we'll ever need. And Jesus says, here I am. He's that person who shows us his face, and we can see him, we can know him, and we can be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. May we be people who are obsessed with the face of Jesus, with being in a relationship with him, and so that on our deathbed, we too will hear those great words and be so excited to hear them. May we see our Redeemer face to face and enjoy the vision of God forever.